Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Chatterbox. My product of the week this week is a simple little find from Beauty Bay and it is the Face Halo Pro. They are makeup remover pads which are very gentle and efficiently remove heavy makeup from deep within your skin pores. And one of the things that I was really interested in was I ordered these and I'm actually quite sceptical about things which are fast cleansing hacks. I'm very specific about my skincare and very specific about my skin management and so I was interested to see really what I feel about something that claims that it can really reduce sort of makeup removal time and really effectively clean your skin but I was pleasantly surprised and you know doubting Thomas aside I was kind of like open to trying it and I thought let's try this and see what I think and the dual sided and the fact that they're reusable aspect to these does make it very practical they do have a plush black microfiber and it's essentially about 100 times finer than human hair so it kind of grabs the actual makeup and takes it off your face and you only need to use water. So it is kind of like a very very simple thing to use and you can machine wash these and you can put them in the machine for up to 200 times and they're recyclable non-toxic and I think that it is a really good option for those moments and we all have them when you really are fatigued or exhausted and you've got to take makeup off and I think it's something that you might want to have a look at so that is the face halo I got the pro because they're black I thought it would weather better than the white ones and I'm realistically quite pleased with them there's three of them in there for 18 pounds it's not very expensive that's in sterling and I'm surprised that I'm actually on the podcast talking to you about such an easy hack for makeup removal because I am such a skincare obsessed person it's quite nice just to see something simple for a change and something realistically for people that are in a hurry or mums with kids and they just don't have a lot of time I definitely would investigate these I wasn't given them or sponsored them I just literally looked randomly and found these things and thought they were interesting ordered them, purchased them and tried them and pleasantly surprised so there you go, Beauty Bay it's the Face Halo Pro so how are you enjoying the Chatterbox podcasts? Do please give us feedback so we can find out whether you're enjoying them or if there are subjects out there that you wish we would cover or special guests that we could invite. The key thing is, it's a podcast about creativity and makeup artistry given to you from a makeup artist and from a makeup artist's perspective. We hope that it reaches out to everyone's love of makeup and gives you an insight into some creative thinking, some new ideas with your makeup and makeup kits for those that are professional and just simple a passion about makeup. I look forward to hearing from everyone that gets in touch with us and please do continue those emails by office at houseofglamdolls.com Today the theme I'm going to talk to you about is creativity and I really want to see that in the light that creativity is really something that we can summons on demand and I think as a makeup artist over the years I've managed to find a system or a methodology where I can continuously find innovation and inspiration in the mundane and the ordinary and I really celebrate the fact that creativity in the ordinary is something you can learn to see, learn to harbour and learn to actually utilise in your ability to be more creative in your makeup artistry work. So that's the theme for today. It's about how we can use random things, random stimulus to create a creative idea on demand. It's interesting to me, so many students I meet at the school really struggle with creativity or they seek creativity. I think when I look back, I was really privileged to have a mum which was basically instilling that into me from a very early age. From a young childhood, my soft toys, my teddies, anything that a child depends on, were brought into my world by my mum who would actually make them and craft them. She was a very creative person and it's obviously where I've created that inheritance of that creative skill. It comes from my mother's side. 
And as an artistic woman, she basically led everything around our daily environment to be creative. And it's only maybe in later life that I realised exactly how creative that environment was and how much of an impact that would play on my life. So, for example, going back to the teddy bear, for example, an instinct a child has as a sort of comfort and confidant, and if you look at any child with a teddy, you can see that relationship. My mum actually made my teddy bear and essentially got me to be involved in the process by creating the teddy myself, by stuffing it. She would involve us actually in making that come to life and bringing that sort of idea and concept into fruition. And I think this is something, if you are a child exposed to that at an early age, then the creativity that that brings and that ownership and that sense of um, trust and respect for an item or an object becomes instilled into you. And certainly in later life, my creativity is something that I think I would be lost if I didn't have that sense of crafting that was instilled in me at such an early age. I think that, you know, when I reflect even on this week, you know, we've had so many things going on in the studio as normal. We've had a very busy week. We have a 10-year-old children's party this week, today, actually Sunday. And there are so many differences. And obviously, you know, preparing for a children's birthday party, that's such an amazing experience because the children are so open to so much creativity and crafting and ideas. And being in an environment like a makeup school, that would just expose them to colour and to textures. And to see that, like, level of instinct kick in would be amazing. But going back to sort of even today, when I was coming here to the studio to record this podcast, you know, one of the things I always tend to do is to try and look at my environment with new eyes. And even the mundane things, then, you can find creativity within them. Now, if you instinctively train yourself to do this, then it becomes less sort of subconsciously, you know, motivated in the sense that it can be instinctual and you're not even thinking about it and you're not even sort of determining it. It's actually just there for you on, you know, on tap. And one of the things I look to do is I always find it's just something within myself. I think I always find unusual objects or creativity within the mundane things or the ordinary things. So like a trip to the studio by bus, you know, mundane London living. And essentially I look to the floor and I look on the floor and I see this amazing piece of red mylar tape cut into a heart. And it's such an unusual thing and moment because you think, wow, what's the story behind that heart? Where did that come from? What was the environment that that actually came from? Where is that? Why is that there? You know, what was the experience? What was the story behind it, the backstory? And that triggers my creative artistic brain because then I can start coming to a sort of sensuality about that item, the colour, the texture. And this is certainly something, you know, that I tend to do. So essentially when I'm looking for ideas, I'm looking for motivation or creativity. I tend to try and look to the environment to give me those answers or look to the universe because I'm quite a spiritual person. And I think that if you instinctively tune in, the answers are there all along and you can actually see the creativity all around you if you can tap into it. So, for example, walking here, I see this piece of mylar, this piece of confetti, this piece of metallic red cut into a heart shape. And immediately my creative artistic brain sees that contrast between that and the stone, that and the colours, that and the textures, the kind of severity of the pavement and the actual fragility of the red shiny metallic object placed against it. And that starts triggering my editorial brain into kind of a concept, into an idea. And this is certainly something that I think in product development that I've used over the years is being sort of driven and led by very uninteresting things and making them interesting. I think those juxtapositions between the mundane and the super exceptional are really fascinating and I think that they're very beautiful. And I think that those are the qualities that you kind of look for in terms of artistic sort of crafting or in terms of your inheritance as an artist or your legacy. So what I'm trying to 
find when I'm looking around is new ideas that I haven't seen before. And of course, if you make a journey every day, you've got that option because you haven't made that same journey. So you are exposing yourself to different things if you just look. So there's nothing revolutionary there. It's about a sense of literally just taking something new, a new approach to an old idea or an old concept, and seeing it through new eyes. But it's something that I think everybody can do. And I think that if you're out there as a makeup artist doing bridal, you know, and this is a conversation I have so many times with bridal makeup artists, about, oh, you know, bridal makeup artists, it's commercial, it provides for my children, it's an amazing job, but it gets mundane and it gets really repetitive and it feels like colour by numbers. All of these types of things are conversations I have. And one of the things that I would say to those people in that situation is just look outside of where you're currently placing yourself and try and see through different eyes. So if that is looking at the same things through a different approach, then you will start seeing different ideas. So, for example, you can take those random things around you. Maybe you walk around the garden. You know, if you're literally in, a, you know, an extension where you're working doing bridal makeup and there's no way to go into town or no way to go and expose yourself to art galleries and other things, you always have the internet, but that can be a saturated playground and just take you miles away from where you need to look. The key thing is, just to walk around the back garden might actually just stimulate your ideas if you just literally clear your mind and think about some of the things you're looking at in terms of maybe the fragility of flowers or the colours or the textures or some of the like random colour tones within the rocks or the pebbles that are in the sort of earth and the ground around the flowers or it could even be the broken garage door or the bust car or any of the things that you're exposed to in your natural habitat. But what I'd encourage you to do is to try and look at them in terms of sort of deconstructed broken things and look at them just in terms of textures, shapes and colours. And then you can string together there artistically an idea of how to approach that. And of course it can land on an eye or a lip. That's the easy part. It's actually making that initial synaptic response, that instinctual connection to actually making that go onto the face as a makeup artist. If you've been to the school and I've trained you in advanced makeup artistry or creativity, you'll be familiar with a system called the random object technique, which I devised, and it's basically a deconstruction system on demand. The random object technique, or ROT, or ROT, is when you literally have a creative ROT where you literally can't think of any new idea, and it feels like you just can't come up or conjure any new concepts. So random object technique, which is ROT, read in German, interestingly, was something that I used when I was actually trying to make sure that I felt confident and not vulnerable when an art director would say, create something creative on demand. And immediately that just makes you freeze as an artist. So what I realised was the more random that it would be, the more interesting it would be in the end result. So the random object technique is based on three principles. The first thing is to take a random object. Now, with the students that I had in the studio this week, we did this, they were an Italian group, and I asked them to go into their bag and just produce a random object. They had no concept of what this was going to be about or why they were doing this or what they would be using it for. But it was in a way of actually creating a stimulus, a initial idea or concept that we could then analyse and become creative about. And as long as you can reach out and find your random object, then essentially the creativity will come. You can actually tune into that. And this is what this podcast this week is about. It's tuning in to a randomised thing which can enable you to then produce on-demand creativity. So once you have your random object, the first thing to do is to really look at those colours. I tend to find the colours because that's the first thing that will gravitate to you quite easily, and that gives you a palette. As soon as you have a palette, you tend to have a sense of uh, confidence about where this is going, and you can almost immediately translate that into makeup. 
If the item is blue and white, then you immediately can start visualising those palettes or those lip liquids or those eye pencils that you have in your kit. And you start feeling a familiarity and a sense of belonging to knowing where the idea is going. So the colours can really, really give you a sense of direction and purpose and start helping you to visualise something. But you should equally just be able to turn that off quite quickly to really focus on other more technical elements of the idea rather than just the knee-jerk reaction of the colours. Once you've got the colours, the next thing to really do is to break it down into shapes and really randomise that object. Really rotate the object, look at the top, look at the bottom, look at the left, look at the right, turn it over, rotate it 180, 360 degrees and really look at the detail. There are so much design details that go into objects that we just overlook and if you look at those mundane things, each object you take has actually been designed so it contains so many elements of design that the compound item that you've got is really a result and conclusion of those thoughts. So if you can tap into those and you can look at those specific elements of shape, you can utilise those like pattern pieces or pattern cutting and then place those onto the face as a makeup artist or makeup designer and create a new itemised look. It's so much more inspiring to do this than to just delve into social media and do colour by numbers items where we're just reproducing loads of sockets and cut creases and as much as that is valid and that is part of the contemporary world of makeup, it's important that we still remember the artist approach which would be to look for the mundane items and bring them into an innovation and into a concept and comprehension. So the key thing here is, if you're able to look at the shapes, you can utilise those shapes and bring those to life in the colours that you found earlier. And then you've just materialistically got to place them onto the face. And once you've got that, you start to see an item and an idea that's starting to shape. So you've got the colours, that was straightforward. You've itemised those. You can list them. If you like working in lists, list the colours with bullet points if that's where you work more logically. So you know what the colours are. You've moved on logically and now you can identify some shapes so you know what those shapes are going to be and in what colours. And that helps you to really sort of see where you're navigating and directing towards, whether that's going to lend itself to an eye or a smoked eye or a cheekbone placement or something more editorial or an abstraction or something asymmetrical. Whatever that is, it will drive you. And then the last part of that process of using the random object technique is to then move on and actually look and explore the textures. Now within your makeup kit you should have the ability to make a pigment more matte or more shiny. You should have matte, you should have gloss, you should have glitter, you should have pearl. So the texture elements, when you add those two, the colour and the shape give you the perfect conclusion to the random object technique. And once you've got those three in place, you've built a triangle. Each side of that triangle is very confidently built so you know where you're going with the actual colours of the item, you know where you're going with the shape and you know where you're going with the texture. When you place that together, You've just got to find a form on the face, and that's the job of the makeup artist. It's the facial fitting, it's the actual placing the idea or the concept onto the face that becomes the item that you're trying to create randomly and creatively. Have a go at this, pick out some items in your house, in your lounge, in your bag, put them out in front of you, and try and use the random object technique. Break them down into those three components, break them down into colours, break them down into shape, break them down into texture, and then try and work out how could that work out on the eye. And immediately you should find that you're getting new ideas you just wouldn't have thought of. And that's the beauty and the simplicity of this technique. It's deconstruction on demand, and it really does enable you to find creativity in the mundane things. The key to successful creativity within makeup is definitely deconstruction and taking things away. There's so much more interest in what you don't put on than what you do. When you're an amateur makeup artist or a student, 
the key thing is you have so many ideas. It's like a cauldron of ideas boiling over continually. And every time a face comes near you, you just throw everything from the cauldron onto the face and essentially create some magic. But it's overloaded and it's oversaturated and it's overcomplicated. As you get more experienced, you understand the importance of removal. You understand that the beauty and the nuances are where your actual perfected ideas will lie. And so by removing things and taking them away, you start deconstructing carefully back to the purity or the essence, the nuance of what the innovation of this idea will be. And that really does come with confidence and maturity and experience as an artist and designer. But the key thing is, the simple lesson is less is more. It's a cliche, but it really is true. The simpler the idea, the purer the communication about the idea, the easier it is for the person to understand what you're trying to convey. And as an artist, that is critical. If you like the idea of this, idea of randomising, another way I like to work is to randomise my mind by literally opening a page of a book and picking a word. There is no relationship to the word and there is no reason that I've selected that word. It's just a starting impulse. Once I've got the word, I can then take that idea or that word and break it into further connections and create almost like a mind web, a spider web of ideas that came from that initial epicenter, that initial starting point. And so if you're opening a book, literally you can put your finger on a word or put a pen on a word or a pencil point. And from that point, you're making an attachment to that word that is going to then affect your next decisions. It's a lovely way of randomizing something. And again, this is something you could do in a studio or if you're stuck on a shoot or a test, you could just pick something randomly and then let your mind wander. And those creative wanderings are really where the creativity lies. The more you allow yourself to meander, the more creativity will come through your fingertips into your brushes and create the best makeup artistry for you. So there you have it, a quite short podcast this week as time's against me for so many things to get done today. But I hope you'll have a chance to explore your creativity and find some creativity in the mundane and literally open your eyes to the environment and this week look with new eyes. Look up above the skyline, look down towards the drains and literally look at the floor you're walking on. Look at people that you're seeing in a different light. Look at the people opposite you on the metro or on the bus. Look at the people in the post office. Look at the people in the supermarket. Look at the packaging. Look at the freezers. Look wherever you are at things with a new set of eyes and there are ideas everywhere you look. The conclusion of this is that realistically creativity is everywhere at your fingertips. It's just a case of can you reach out and touch it. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll join you again soon for another episode of Chatterbox.